Okay, we've been talking about the promises of God to the descendants of Abraham, uh, his covenant, and the promise to possess the gates of our enemies, to have power and rule over our enemies. So God is uh, in that promise. He's given us a mission. He's given us uh, uh, an enlistment into his army. He, he is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. He is the general of our church. And our conquering comes through Christ. He leads us in these battles. And in him, we are new men able to wage the good fight of faith, able to put rulers and authorities under our feet. So I think Christians need to have a certain kind of discontent when, when the rulers and authorities are, we're under their feet. Now, we, we suffer gladly as martyrs and all of that, but I don't think we, that's not the, that's not what we should be striving for. In the book of Joshua, his warriors were taking the land and there were five Amorite kings who fled, but the people of God, they hunted them down and they brought them to Joshua. And this is what it says. So it was when they brought out those kings to Joshua that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the captains of the men of war who went with him, come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And they drew near and put their feet on their necks. Then Joshua said to them, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, be strong and of good courage. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. And afterward, Joshua struck them and killed them and hanged them on five trees. Joshua was showing his men God's promises to Abraham coming fulfilled. These execution of the kings mean that there are new kings in town, that there are new rulers about ready to take the place of these old kings who are, being, who are hanging from the trees. And those new kings were the sons of Abraham gates were possessed on that day. When the Israelites were preparing to enter the land for war, they crossed the Jordan like another Red Sea baptism. It's amazing how similar it is. They cross on dry land, which was immediately followed by placing the sign of the covenant on the men who were born while they were in the wilderness, but whose parents didn't put the sign of the covenant on them. They must have thought, yeah, we'll be able to get into the land without placing the sign on, these, on our children. But as soon as they crossed, that's exactly what they did. And after they did that, the Lord says to Joshua that he removed the reproach of Egypt from them. Crossed the Red Sea, circumcised the people who weren't circumcised. And then this happens. And it came to pass... When Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Well, what is that? What does that mean? That means that was Yahweh God. This is the same thing that is said to Moses in the burning bush. Take off your sandals because the place you stand is holy. 
Yahweh God appears as the commander of the armies that is going to lead them into Canaan. This is God. This is Yahweh. This is Christ. This is the Son of God. It is a Christophany. And he is a commander of the Israelites to lead them against their enemies. We see Christ as commander in Revelation leading the church in her conquest of the nations in Revelation 19. John looks up, he says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus, again, just as we saw in Joshua, we see in Revelation, he's leading his armies. And in Revelation, it's leading armies to convert and rule the nations. Finally, we see Gideon is about to fight against his enemies. And God sends him on this reconnaissance mission to gather intel. We read this in Judges 7. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. The barley bread that overturned the tent here is a type of Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life to his people and the bread of death to his enemies. He is life-giving, but he is also lethal. He is the aroma of life to those who are being saved and the stench of death to those who are perishing. And as we become more like Christ, as we become his body, we too are the bread of life to the elect of God and the bread of death to the enemies of God. The Lord is a warrior, Moses says, and so we are warriors. We become like what we worship, and by doing so, we possess the gates of our enemies. So come and welcome to Jesus Christ.